0: Welcome to the Mentally Strong Podcast. Dr. B here with our series on demystifying the DSM. Um, The last two were bipolar 1 and bipolar 2, and now I'm just going to kind of sum up um, the other bipolar type uh, diagnoses. Um, I don't personally study the DSM, and so it's kind of funny that I'm doing this demystifying the DSM, because it's very concrete in like putting people or diagnoses in specific boxes. I personally study um, Dr. Stahl in his symptoms and receptors, and I um, any professionals out there listening to this, that's who I recommend that you study from, okay? These videos are really more for our clients to understand these diagnoses. Um, And when I'm talking to my clients, I'm very specific, don't own this, right? This is just a cluster of symptoms. We can work with this, you know, the mentally strong method and the cognitive behavioral approach to kind of get your thinking and your choices um, in line with what you want. And if there is a neurobiology symptoms and receptor, we can treat that with medication. Um, but it's, it's important because I often have students and, um, clients that are referring to the DSM and bipolar is one of those diagnoses that a lot of people have come to me with and I've, um, you know, teased it out and, and maybe it's really PTSD with reactive attachment or, um, it's really more of an anxiety and, and depressive disorder, but it, (laughs) It's not so important, um, but what's more important is those symptoms and receptors. And so I'm going to kind of quickly go through some of these other bipolar types. Um, Cyclothymia is the next one here in the DSM. And it's basically a milder bipolar II, right? So you don't really meet criteria for hypomania, don't really meet criteria for major depressive disorder, but you still have these pretty... um, uh, you know, significant fluctuations in mood. And, um, but I would challenge that, that maybe that we can do that with um, therapy um, or is there like a borderline personality or some other personality disorder contributing to that fluctuation. So that's one of the differential, uh, differential diagnoses with psychothymia. The other thing that we often see is substance use and um, substance use can often look like uh, bipolar, but it can also mask true bipolar. So really when there's substance abuse going on, the number one goal is sobriety. And there's actually uh, several mental health clinics that won't treat someone's mental illness until they have um, become sober. I actually will treat Uh, the mental illness while I'm trying to uh, encourage sobriety because I think it would be very difficult if I'm severely depressed to stop using my substance if I can't get treatment for my depression, right? So there's two um, schools of thought on that, but substance abuse can always, always, always complicate the diagnosis um, and often can look like uh, bipolar, Um, Also, you can have a a fluctuating mood disorder secondary to a medical condition. And so the first thing um, I tell people, um, especially if they're coming in at 50 years or older with their first significant mood disorder symptoms, I'm really, really looking hard at, is there a medical reason for this? Because uh, most Uh, mental health conditions start in, you know, uh, childhood, teens, 20s, rarely early 30s. After that, if there's no mental health history and then someone has significant problems, let's look really closely at medication that they've been prescribed. Steroids is a a big culprit. Um, I've had several people who have post-steroid mood disorder that looks like bipolar, um, and sometimes we, we do have to treat that for a period of time. And um, and sometimes it can take six months to a year post-steroid use to kind of feel um, stabled out from that. So uh, anytime someone is not presenting, that is presenting with some other medical conditions, look at the medications that they're on as well as um, any kind of neurological Or inflammatory conditions can actually present as mood problems Um, and then we have the bucket of unspecified bipolar that you know and I actually use this diagnosis frequently because I don't know I had I don't know the client well enough to say for sure it's bipolar 1 or bipolar 2 I'm actually you know possibly looking at a padromal schizophrenia type thing and so oftentimes when you see this, you know, kind of bipolar unspecified is we're saying that there is a significant mood disorder, but we haven't been able to really pinpoint it yet. And, um, that's, that's there in the DSM. And then it just kind of goes through in in trying to show you all these little boxes of additional, um, modifiers on that bipolar, bipolar with psychotic features, bipolar with melatonic features, bipolar with catatonic features. Um, And and we'd like to get to that point, but I can tell you typically in the first three to six months, I can't be that specific. Um, And oftentimes it doesn't matter to be that specific because mood disorders can change. The presentation can change. And um, there's, you know, unfortunately insurance companies tell us, you know, these are the 10 diagnoses that we will um, um, reimburse for treatment. And so we kind of stay within in those. So oftentimes we don't put a lot of uh, specifics on there um, because it's not super important for treatment and for long-term prognosis. Uh, so that is the uh, bipolar series. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information, visit our website, www.mentallystrong.com.